Welcome to the Fitbox Podcast. This is your host, Joseph Frankie. Glad you're here listening. On our podcast, we talk about two main things. First and foremost, we interview members of Fitbox so that way you can hear their stories about how they're repaying debt, how they're saving for retirement, buying homes, all this type of stuff, really to give you motivation and some different ideas. That's the first thing we talk about. The second thing our podcast do is we take individual finance topics and go through them in more detail so that way you can say, does this apply to me and how does this apply to my plan? So if you have questions or you want to sign up for Fitbucks, you can do so in the show notes, fitbucks.com, build your profile, schedule a call. We'll be talking to you soon. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Ranke. It is good to be here. We got... A podcast a day that's front and center. I mean, it always is front and center with student loans, but it's really coming up just because student loan repayments kicking back in in February of 2022. And so it's something that's been kicking down the road for a lot of people, and that is student loan refinancing. And like I said, this is a major topic just in terms of anybody that graduates and have loans, but this is a big one now. And we ask a lot of times... Um, when you put out something like big on student loan refinancing, um, like big podcast articles, guides, all that type of stuff, the answer is yes. This is the podcast. I mean, we have a guide, but some people are like, you know, we want to be able to listen to this in the car. So this is the podcast about student loan refinancing. We are going to go everything through who should be doing it, what to look for, all the different things, the nuances that you need to know about it. Um, what to do during, like before the process, during the process, after the process. Um, that, and I'm going to be dispelling some myths that we hear a lot of times, people, things that I get confused on. So that's what we're going to walk through. We're going to walk through the whole process, A through Z today first. And then we're going to wrap it up with some myths that cause people to either refinance when they shouldn't or the not refinance when they should. So either way, it ends up costing them, puts them in a bad situation. So you definitely want to stay to the end to hear about those myths. So that way you make sure that you're doing everything thing right. Now, that being said, before we dive into this podcast, I am going to go through some nuances of student loan refinancing and the nuts and bolts. If you guys knew all this stuff, I'd be like, yeah, you're an expert. I'd probably be like, hey, do you want to come work for Fitbucks? All right. This is a, a deep, deep, podcast deep conversation of what it all is so that way you guys can have as much information about this as possible but i don't want you to feel overwhelmed because that is why we have our free student loan refinance service that way you guys don't have to be experts on this stuff okay listen to the podcast get help to get help it's free just build your profile fitbucks.com once you get to your dashboard there's a phone icon you click it schedule a call we'll help you do all of this so I don't want you to go through this podcast just getting overwhelmed and discouraged about it. It's more for that way you guys can start learning some of this stuff, but have an understanding so when you jump on the call with us, you'll have some understanding of what's going on with this and what to do. So with that being said, let's jump right into it. First and foremost, who should be looking into refinancing? Okay. I mean, that's the typical starting point, right? So let's just dumb this down. Let's keep this very simple. If you have private student loans, you're always going to want to look into student loan refinancing and you're most likely going to be doing it because your st private student loans are probably at a high, high interest rate. The key thing for you is going to be, do you qualify and do you need to add a co-signer or not? Okay. And we'll talk about that when we talk about co-signers a little bit later on. 
Private student loans, you're going to look at refinancing. Federal student loans, you're going to have to know if you want to pay them off or go for loan forgiveness. So first step first, you need to know if you have private loans or, or federal loans. Okay, that, that's first step. Second of all, if you have federal student loans, the only time you're going to want to refinancing them is if you're going to be doing a payoff strategy. If you're going for loan forgiveness, then you don't want to. And when I say loan forgiveness, I mean things like income-based repayment, pay-as-you-earn, revised pay-as-you-earn. Those repayment plans are considered loan forgiveness. Do not refinance those. So again, simple thing, private loan versus federal loans. If I'm doing a federal loans or I have federal loans, am I going to be paying them off? Okay. That leads to what is next? Refinancing. What, what exactly is it? Again, I, we have podcasts and other articles about deep dive into like refinancing versus consolidation, all that type of stuff. Just real quickly, refinancing is literally replacing one loan with another loan. Okay, that, that's what you're doing. Most of the time, and where this conversation is going to center around, is that you're going to be doing it to get a lower interest rate, which saves you money. Okay, so <clears throat> that is refinancing, and that leads to a general question that we get from people. And I hear this in our student loan webinars that we do all the time. And by the way, guys, if you want to sign up for one of our webinars, you know, be sure to check out our, our webinar page because um, we run them. We're going to try to do them, you know, once a month or once a quarter. So keep an eye out for them. But during those webinars or when we do workshops for university programs, we get this question. Why would a lender give me a lower interest rate? Okay, because what borrowers are thinking is, well, I have a 6% loan right now. Why would somebody give me a 3% loan? Why would the lender do that? But you got to remember, this is not the same lender. You're going from one company to another one. And so that new company, they're sitting on a lot of money and they're not earning anything on it. And so they look at you and they say, hmm, like this person is this amount of risk. Yeah, we'll, we'll, happy, we'll give you 3% that you pay us because we're happy with the 3% return. Okay, so that's why uh, you can get a lower interest rate is because another company is sitting on money and they want to basically invest in you is the way you can think about it because they're getting return from you. They're saying, hey, like we're happy with 3% return on our money and you're happy because you save money. Let's get together and make a deal basically is what they're saying. Okay, so that's why they do that. All right. Now, what decisions do you have to make when it comes to refinancing? There's four primary decisions. The first and, and the most important one is what type of term do you use? Okay, so you have all different choices. You have five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. But these are different than federal loans. These are private loans. So the longer you go out, the higher the interest rate is. And so one of the things you have to do is say, hey, should I do like a 10-year or maybe should I do a 15-year and just make extra prepayments? At the end of the day, you have to calculate your real savings between the different terms okay and it's hard to do not because it's a really complicated comp like computation or calculation i should say it's a little complicated to do because most of the financial calculators out there suck okay and on these websites the lenders websites they're not very good and they show you apples to oranges comparisons so one of the big things we do in our refinance service is we will compare apples to apples and we'll do the math for you and say these are the numbers you need to compare and this is the impact it has on your financial plan so you can make the right decision but that's the first thing you need to do is say what is the right term for me now there's different types of loans there's fixed rate loans there's variable rate loans and there's specialty loans fixed rate is what it is it, it stays the same rate 
the whole time. Variable goes up and down every month. And specialty loans are things like interest only for X amount of years, so on and so forth. 99.9% .9 of you will want to just stay with a fixed rate loan. In fact, um, here at Fitbucks, we've been refinancing loans with people for five years. And I think I've had two people use a variable rate loan. And the ironic part is, is both of them came back and said that they hated it. So I always just recommend keep life simple and go into a fixed rate loan. Unless you're a financial expert and you really understand the other types of loans, then maybe you can use them. But if you're not a financial expert, stick to a fixed rate loan. So that's the second decision. First one, again, is the term. Second one is the type. The third decision is which loans do you want to refinance? Okay, so this is, I, I told you about some of the myths we're going to talk about. This is actually one of them. Uh, one of the myths is I have to refinance all my loans or nothing. And that is incorrect. Okay, so like if you have like some 3% loans, some 5% loans, some 7% loans, and the lender comes in and says, hey, you get a 4% interest rate. And that's going to be our refinance offer. You don't have to refinance your 3% loans that you have. You can keep those where they're at. You can just refinance your higher rate loans. So that's decision number three is which loans do you actually want to refinance? And then the fourth decision is what student loan refinance company do you want to go with? Now, this is, is really hard to research on your own. And, and I mean, honestly, it's a waste of time for you guys um, just because it's like you're going to spend literally weeks researching different companies and you're probably not going to be able to find public information on which one to go with. That's one of the big things about our, our student loan refinance service is because we keep so much data on these companies, we know which ones are probably going to give you a better rate, okay? And oftentimes they'll look at things like profession, for example. Um, with profession, you might be like a physical therapist versus a an MD, and there's a big company out there, and I'll pick on them. Uh, they are one of our partners, but let's just say SoFi. SoFi, typically for like MDs, they're going to give them really good rates, but for physical therapists, they're not. Other lenders are going to give you a better rate, okay? So different companies based on professions will give you different rates. Also, when did you graduate, okay? Uh, when you graduated, they will give you different interest rates also, meaning this. Some lenders have more uh, state-of-the-art or new types of ways to underwrite people so they're better for new grads, whereas some companies, they have very archaic ways of underwriting people. So things like they, they like banking institutions that are or refinance companies that are backed by banks, they will underwrite you using old, what I call archaic ways of underwriting. So if like you're a new grad, you don't want to go to those guys because they're not going to give you a good rate. So you want to go to the, the newer guys that do the newer type of underwriting. But if you've been out for five to 10 years and you want to look at refinancing, some of those older banking type of refinance companies may give you really, really good rates because you have a credit history, okay? So when did you graduate? It's another thing to look at. Type of income, like are you salaried versus 1099? That's going to impact how you refinance. Your credit score, some companies don't go below 700. Some will go to 680. Some will go to 650. So those are all things uh, that you'll need to look into, like, how they treat your housing expense. Again, that's something that that our FitBus coaches know about the different lenders. What type of debt-to-income ratio do they go up to? Okay, so most lenders won't go above what's called a 30% DTI ratio. Some of them go up to 40%. Again, all these little tiny things 
you don't need to necessarily know, but you just need to remember when it comes to the fourth decision, you need to choose the right student loan refinance company. And again, that's one of the reasons why we always just say use our student loan refinance uh, service is because we know these things about each one of these companies that are these little nuances and who you should go to. So just to recap on those decisions, the first decision that you can really control is what term do you want to use? Okay, so what's the length of the loan? The second one is what type of loan? Most of you are going to want to do fixed rate loans. The third is which loans do you want to refinance? So do you want to refinance all your loans or just some of them? And then the fourth decision, it's a little bit harder because a lot of this information is not public, is choosing the right student loan refinance company to go with. And I'm going to pause right there because oftentimes when I say that this information is not public, I'll get the question from people like, hey, you guys have a, a student loan uh, refinance company like review and you review each one of your companies. How come you don't make that information public? I wish I can, but we signed agreements saying that we can't. Okay. Um, the lenders would get a little upset if we started telling everybody about their nuances and all that type of stuff. Um, however, they allow us to use it internally as long as we're not vocalizing it and the differences to people and we're just saying hey you want to go and check these companies okay so again decision number four choosing the right student loan company it's part of the reason why we have our student loan refinance service it's free to use go ahead and use it um, next up on the list of things to talk about for student loan refinancing calculating how much you actually save i'm not i'll touch on this because it's extremely important but we have like an entire video on this, an entire podcast on this because it's so damn important, okay? Most of the time, I already touched on it on this podcast. These student loan refinance companies, these calculators, they're crap on the internet. And a lot of times they'll mislead you. They'll be like, hey, the average person saves $30,000. And the reason is, is that they are comparing an apples to orange type of refinance so they might be saying hey like comparing like a 15-year loan versus a 10-year loan well yeah the numbers are going to be massively different okay and like i said i'm not going to go too deep into it on this on this podcast because i do it on other podcasts but that specific calculation mistake i've seen people make the wrong decision because they think they're saving a lot of money in reality they're not but then i've also seen them make a bad decision where they actually would have saved a lot of money but the calculations that they were doing were incorrect, so they decided not to refinance, okay? So bottom line is, is you need to calculate how much the refinance actually saves you, okay? Again, that calculation is an apple. You have to make it apple to apples. I'm not gonna go through how to do it on this because it actually gets really complicated, and if you're just verbal, like, listening to it, trying to listen to numbers and do math in your head, it's probably not a good thing, especially a lot of you are gonna be listening to this while you're driving, so... Um, and again, there's other podcasts I do go through that, other videos I go through that. And if you guys need help with those calculations, again, that's what we're here for. Okay. So that's kind of just a refresher before we go or just to cap it off before we go into like, you know, what to do after your loans are com like your refinance is complete. This beginning portion was like, hey, what do you need to be aware of as you're going through the process? Okay. So again, first steps first, you need to know private loans versus federal loans. And if you're paying off your federal loans, then look into refinancing private loans. You're going to want to look at refinancing period. Okay. That's, that's a, a no brainer on, on private loans. And then you need to start deciding, Hey, what type of term do I use? What type do I want? Um, you know, do I refinance all my loans or part of them? And then the last the big decision you got to make is which company do I go to? Okay. Now, once you say yes, 
I want to refinance. Your job isn't over. Okay, and this is somewhere where we see people make major, major mistakes and they have major problems with their loan servicers. Okay, and again, I know I hit, I've said it a bunch of times. People are like, you're plugging your refinance service. Yeah, because it's necessary, especially if you have one of these problems. We know about these problems because of that service. We get on the phone with people all the time with their lenders because they mess up. Okay, these three things are the primary things that we see people mess up on. First and foremost, when you refinance your service loan, uh, your refinance your, your student loans, a lot of times you have to get what's called a payoff statement. Okay. Sometimes those payoff statements might not be 100% correct. And sometimes the companies go off of credit uh, reports. Basically, what they're trying to do is figure out how much you owe at the old company. Okay. So, what ends up happening sometimes is those numbers are off, the new company might send a check to your old company. But it might not be for the full amount. So we've seen people refinance and they're refinancing all their loans. But there's like $5 left over at the old company still. And then they get these bills from the company saying, hey, you owe this. And they say, well, no, I don't. That must be a mistake because I refinanced my loans. And so they just ignore the bills and throw them away. And the next thing you know, they're in foreclosure or not foreclosure, but they're in delinquency and collections because of $5. So the bottom line is, when your loans are refinanced, it should be about 10 to 14 days. You log into your old company and you want to make sure that that balance says zero. Okay, We've even seen loan servicers put the money towards the wrong person. Like literally like to somebody else, like paid off somebody else's loan with your refinance money. Okay. So you want to always make sure that your old lender actually has your loans paid off and the balance is zero. So that's the first thing to do after you complete your, your refinance. Second thing, okay, is that if you don't refinance all your loans, so let's just say you leave some of your loans at your old refinance company. You want to make sure after the refinance is done that they drop your required payment. Okay, so with federal loans, let's just say your required payment was $1,000 a month. And for simplicity's sake, you refinanced 80% of your loans. Your required payment should drop from like $1,000 at your federal loan servicer down to $200. But a lot of times those lenders don't automatically do it. So you want to make sure that it's dropped. So that way you don't have to overpay and have a $1,000 payment at one lender and like an $800 payment at another lender. That, that can be bad news. That's sometimes why I see people be like, well, I, I wish I wouldn't refinance because I can't afford all these monthly payments. Well, you can't afford it. It's just that your old loan servicer effed up probably. Okay, so you wanna make sure that they, they drop your monthly payment if you don't refinance all your loans. Again, federal loan servicers are notorious for this, okay? You can refinance more than once. So oftentimes, after people are done with the refinance, they just say, well, I can't do it anymore and I already refinanced. And that can potentially cost you a lot of money too because refinance rates can drop, your situation can get better, you can potentially get better interest rates. Um, you know, right now, rates are at all-time lows, but, you know, over the last year, we've had people refinance three or four times going through our student loan refinance service just because interest rates keep dropping. So they keep saving money. And the good news is with student loan refinancing, you don't have to pay any, any fees. 
So if interest rates drop, it's like, yeah, I might as well just keep saving money, right? So those are the big three things to do after the loan is closed and refinanced. So number one, if you refinance all your loans, you want to make sure there's a zero balance on them at your own company. Number two, if you don't refinance all your loans, you want to make sure that your old loan servicer drops your required payment. And number three, just don't put it on the shelf and never think about it again because you may be able to refinance again down the road and save a lot more money. Okay, now that's the process of refinancing A to Z. Okay, so what to do before going into refinancing, what to do during like shopping rates and, and finding companies that are best for you, and then what to do after you have your loans paid off. Now, I'm going to go through some different myths, okay, just that people, that we hear that people get really confused about on refinancing. One of them, the biggest one I already touched on is I have to refinance all my loans. No, you don't, okay. The second one I already touched on as well, I can only refinance one time. No, you can refinance as many times as you want to. The third one I touched on, but I want to emphasize because a lot of parents tell their kids about this, say this to them, and it's why they don't refinance, that it costs me money to refinance. With student loans, it's such a competitive industry now. None of the student loan companies, for example, that we work with charge any type of pre uh, fees. There's no prepayment fees. There's no cost to do the loans, nothing like that. Now, one caveat to that. There are some refinance lenders that are uh, go through credit unions, okay? And in order to become get a, a, a loan at a credit union, you need to be a member of that credit union. And because... Credit unions are nonprofits. Some states require members to make a donation to a nonprofit. Okay, so some of the lenders might turn around and say, oh, well, um, you know, you have a, uh, yeah, a credit union that's going to give you a loan. You have to become a member of it. And a lot of credit unions, you just become a member and that's it. Other ones will say, hey, you have to make a $20 donation to this nonprofit. So sometimes we see that, okay? Um, the other one that we might see, we hardly ever see this, and I can't get a straight answer from anybody about when they charge this or not, but people that live in Florida, <clears throat> sometimes there's a tax on refinancing. And I've only seen it applied a handful of times, and when we ask the government in Florida, like, when do you guys decide to charge this or not, I can never get really a straight answer. So uh, that's just something to caveat for people that live in Florida. But just in terms of fees, just to refinance, there are no fees to refinance student loans, okay? Myth number four, I should wait until my credit score goes up before I refinance. Absolutely not, absolutely not, okay? If you can refinance now and you decide, yes, it saves me enough money and it's worth doing it and everything, refinance now. Then, if everything gets better and you in your better credit score, then refinance again in the future. Why? It doesn't cost you anything. So if you can qualify now and it benefits you, don't wait because you can always refinance again down the road when your situation gets better. In fact, by refinancing, we see this all the time. We see people refinance that are like a 680 or a 650 credit score. And so they drop their interest rates only by like a half a percent or 1%, but they do it strategically. So we focus on term and whatnot for them. And then they actually take that money and pay off their credit cards, for example. And their credit score increases and they're able to pay off their credit scores faster because we, we show them how to focus on that and actually get out of that credit card debt. Their score increases and then they go back in and refinance their student loans again into a lower rate, okay? 
So should you wait? No. If you can do it now, do it. I got denied by a lender and all lenders are the same. We hear that one all the time. Like we ask people, hey, did you look at refinancing already? They're like, yeah, I got denied. It's like, that doesn't mean that other lenders are going to deny you. That's one of those things. Decision for which companies to go with. Again, as a borrower, it's going to be hard for you to figure out exactly which company should be right for you. Uh, but just let us know and, and we'll look at your situation. That's why we have you build your profile is to be able to say, hey, these are the companies that you should probably go to to check. Okay. Um, myth number six, if I use a cosigner, they are liable for the entire life of the loan. Not true. There are refinance companies out there that will release a cosigner. So we see this one a lot with private companies. And I don't understand why parents say this. Okay. Most private loans, so like if you have Sally Mae or something like that, Wells Fargo, Discover, all those loans, most of the time, like 99% of the ones we see are already co-signed. So that means your co-signer is literally on the loan, the entire loan. They're liable for it. Like I said, some lenders that refinance, comp, like refinance, they're going to require you to have a co-signer on those private loans. And I hear parents all the time, well, I don't want to co-sign on it and be liable for it. You already are. So what's the big deal about going to another lender at a lower interest rate and you're still liable for it? Like your situation doesn't change, but your kid's situation does change. They save money now and you're still liable. So why would you not sign off on refinancing? It doesn't make sense. But some lenders will allow you to release the co-signer within 12 to 36 months of you making payments. So it's called a co-signer re release. So some parents really like that because it's like, look, I understand that I can't get off the loan yet, but I'll co-sign into this new loan to save you money. And then within one to three years is a possibility that I can get off of this loan. And so that's why they like that. So that's myth number six is, is co-signers. Okay. Another question we get, well, I don't want to refinance because I can't make prepayments. Yes, you can. There are no prepayment penalties. Okay, you could prepay as much as you want to and get out of the debt as fast as you can. Okay, so that all is a lot of the questions that we get. There's another one, and it's more of a statement than anything that I hear from people. And I've actually seen people stop their loan refinance. Like they literally go through everything. They go through getting the loan, they submit the loan, they apply for the loan, which by the way, the application process, some of the companies that we work with, they can get it done in one to three days. As long as you get them all the information, it can be quick now, okay? But they go through all this and they go to sign the documents and they see this thing called a finance charge and they're like, I thought you said it was not gonna cost anything and this thing's saying that's gonna cost me $20,000. The finance charge is not how much it costs you. The finance charge is how much interest you would pay over the life of the loan, okay? You have it on your federal loans. You have it on private loans. You're going to have it on mortgages. You're going to have it on all these other things. It's a stupid number that the government makes makes lenders show you. Okay, That's not the actual cost of the loans. If you pay off the loans early, that number drops, so on and so forth. That's actually how you figure out how much you save on a loan. So that's not like a question that's more of a statement that we hear. Like this is like there's a finance charge of $20,000 on this. You know, and I'll put a video in the show notes about that too, um, like an actual video that it walks you through what that finance charge is and why it's kind of irrelevant. Uh, but those are the questions that we get all the times and the misconceptions about student loan refinancing. Summing it up, 
that was our walkthrough from a podcast perspective on what you need to, to get ready for and understand about student loan refinancing, the process of refinancing, what happens after it's completed, some of the myths and questions that people have about it that are, are incorrect, and now you know the correct things. And like I said, I know I've said it multiple times on this podcast today, if you guys need help, you know, God bless you if you go through all this stuff and, you, and you're like, I got it, I understand it, and you become an expert on it. I don't expect anybody to listen to this podcast and be like, oh, I'm, I know everything there is to know about everything. and I'm going to do this correct on my own. I don't expect that. That's why we have our free student loan refinance service. If you guys need help, let us know. Build your profile. Schedule a call. As always, thanks for joining the podcast. Be sure to subscribe. We'll talk to you guys soon.